0: Are you one of our regular students for self-improvement? Wednesday each week, you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, how music works on your emotions, both the kind of basic ones and the higher ones. Your teacher is Professor Emery Schubert, leader of the Empirical Musicology Laboratory at the University of New South Wales. Uh, Emery, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Richard. Now, let's start with this idea of music you couldn't live without. Maybe something like this. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, the well, that's the music I can't live out. without. Do, do most people cite a piece of music, uh, cite that they can't live without music? Not most people,
1: but there's a, more than 90% of the population love music and about 6 to 10% of them will say they just can't live without music.
0: I wonder if they mean that literally. It's more an indication, isn't it, of how important it is in their lives?
1: Yeah, it's not really literal. There was a the, – your sister station, ABC Classic, conducted a poll uh, that was entitled to nominate the music you can't live without. More than 127,000 people nominated something. So that doesn't mean that they can't literally live without it if you have the choice between a nice meal – And that piece of music and you were really hungry you'd probably go for the meal and um the the piece that was nominated most frequently was a piece by beethoven
0: yeah the second movement of number five piano concerto number five the most frequently nominated piece in abc's classic poll of pieces we cannot live without They're talking about the way that music like this stimulates the emotions. It's been a subject of quite a lot of research, uh, including one researcher and artist who talked about the the aesthetic trinity. What did he mean by that?
1: Yeah, well, normally when you think about why music is special, people often refer to emotions, such so as happy, sad, joyous, calm. But even scared, angry music um, can sometimes be reported as being enjoyed. But what raises it, what elevates a music is not so much those emotions, it's not to deny those possibilities, but that there's a special set of emotions which are called aesthetic emotions, according to Vladimir Konechny and a few other researchers believe this as well. They argue that there's three particular categories, if you like, of of emotions that are really special, that that can best describe this special feeling you get when you really are into a piece of music. And Konechny describes those as awe, thrills, and being moved. This is the aesthetic trinity, those three.
0: All right. I guess when, when we talk about being moved, I'm, the most simple way is by things that have sadness in them. Here's an example. And and fall. Christina Aguilera and uh, a big... A Great Big World with, say, something from 2013. Uh, Sad songs, they're they're often like this, aren't they? They're they're slower and lower in a way.
1: That's right. Sad songs, we know quite a bit about them. We know they're they're slower tempo and the voices you might have heard in in the voice and the accompaniment, there's not high sounds in it. But interestingly, it's not the sadness that's special. People say that, that that song is also very moving and that's what's really special about it.
0: And then you go to happy music, which sounds, uh, you know, much faster and the sounds suddenly become higher. Cindy Lauper, of course, girls just want to have fun. And, yeah, totally different tempo and and, and, and totally uh, different uh, pitch to it. Yes, so it's got
1: the higher pitch and the faster tempo, if you compare that to, to the, um, to say something that we heard a moment ago. Uh, but... Probably people wouldn't classify that as being moving.
0: They wouldn't classify it as being one of the aesthetic trinity. Mm. So tell us more about those aesthetic emotions and how they differ from these more, I suppose, garden variety of emotions. Yeah, well, the aesthetic ones there's something special about them. The garden variety
1: ones are ones like happy and sad, and we can make a fairly good, you know, mathematical model to say, well, if you want to have a piece of music that's happy, make it fast and high pitched, and if you want something sad, make it slow. And low-pitched, but to make something give you the sensation of being moved, or a sense of awe, or being thrilled, the aesthetic trinity—it's a bit harder to to reduce it to this formula.
0: One uh, piece of music by Pink Floyd has been used by researchers to evoke thrills in listeners. So let's listen to this. Of course, we all heard that sudden change, and that—that's really what it's all about—is the, the, the sort of thrills and spills. Yes, you see, I just told a lie because I said that all
1: being moved and thrills, you can't put musical characteristics on it. But indeed, as you just mentioned, that researchers have found that for that particular emotion of the aesthetic trinity, the thrills, it is possible under some circumstances to detect a musical characteristic, and that is when something in the music changes usually something gets bigger in the music and in that case yes there was a point where the music was soft and then all of a sudden the drums came in the pitch of the singer went up and it created this this sense of of thrills i guess for most people anyway that that but that is frequently reported in the re- research
0: literature for that particular piece okay that feeling of, of transcendence what about on the on the more positive end is are these what he calls the aesthetic emotions. Do we get those on the positive end as well?
1: Yeah, that's the the really confusing aspect of this whole uh, issue of how you label a piece of music that's really powerful because it doesn't work so well for the positive um, uh, emotion invoking music. So if the music makes you feel happy, we're often content with that. We don't really seek to understand why. The more interesting question is why could you possibly enjoy a piece of music that is so sad or intense and it's these aesthetic emotions that explain those positive emotions probably do evoke aesthetic emotions but we know less about that so for example uh the sense of thrills you might get
0: that from a really good dance song like this one justin timberlake can't stop the feeling (laughs) It's, it's interesting to look at the words of this song, isn't it? You know, I can't stop the feeling, so just dance, dance, dance. It's really saying that music can do something that language can't do, isn't it? Exactly. That's why it's such
1: an interesting choice, Richard. The, the, the words are trying to describe the feeling of dancing, and then dancing itself becomes the emotion, the aesthetic emotion, if you like. And interestingly, some researchers do reckon that dancing is an emotion. Try and get that one.
0: Well, that's right, though. But so, I mean, I think what's so fascinating is that a sad song and a happy song like the Timberlake song in, in a way both make us feel good in slightly different ways, but it's it's as if um, one is about catharsis. The sad song subtly makes us feel good for reasons that are harder to work out, but it's interesting that they make us feel happy and the Timberlake song makes us feel happy. Yeah, and, and the
1: aesthetics researchers, there's a bit of history there because they – some people who do research on aesthetic emotions claim that it's a high level of emotion that is associated with high-level music, so they don't go in for this flimsy, lights music that just makes you happy. You want something deeper. So there's a, there's a bit of a, a cultural loading here that we have to also factor in when we're talking about this so-called aesthetic emotion idea.
0: Yeah, and the limitation of language. It's interesting that we still use quite basic language, don't we, uh, even though it's an academic discussion of, of thrills and spills and wows and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's the best we can do
1: in the English language at the moment, and that's what us researchers uh, need to work on.
0: And oh, We are <laughs> well. It's not a. It, I suppose "thrill" is not a bad word, is it, to describe anyway that Pink Floyd song, among others. Hey, Emery, thank you so much. Thanks for the lesson. My pleasure. So, uh, Emery Schubert, <music> Professor Schubert is leader of the Empirical Musicology Laboratory at the University of New South Wales. Uh, next week, a lesson from Dr. Tim Dean. He's philosopher and faculty member with the School of Life, Sydney. Here's lesson on David Goodhart's theory of somewheres and anywheres. Remember, you can subscribe to the free self-improvement podcast wherever you get good podcasts. Thank God it's Friday is there as well for you. But that's Self-Improvement Wednesday for another week.